from Courtside of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 364. Andrew with you once again, I am Andrew in the Forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host and fellow NLSC team member is Derek, you also know him as Deeper 3 in the Forum and Deeper 384 on Twitter. Oh, I'm happy to be here again. Uh, I, I know you enjoyed the, uh, the Slam City intro and my loss to Fingers that I posted on social media i'm curious you want uh, some of this you got it (laughs) yeah the it's just so cheesy i'm I'm curious how many of our listeners have played that game or have really like looked into it more curious if they played it and you know what they think of you know the cheesy acting all the 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 90s greatness of it the gameplay all of that stuff because man i I, sometimes i just want to do an entire podcast on slam city with scotty pippen Look, I, I mean, I have the PC version, which is identical in so much as the opponents you play and the, and the gameplay. It's just you're playing it with a, a keyboard rather than a a, 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 um, a gamepad, a controller. So we we can definitely do a show on it at some point. I want I want to do a way back Wednesday article on it. So or possibly even a video, considering the amount of video in there. Uh, enough for four discs on PC, Derek. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is is that the opponents are very hard. They're hard to beat. Like it's oh, yeah. you saw my butt kicked by fingers there. Um, I'm a little bit rusty on the controllers, but the, the they needed to have, uh, you know, that setup with the way they released the game because there was just so much content on each one of the opponents. And like like I said, fingers is really tough to beat. And I remember being a kid playing that game, and it took us months to actually get through it and, and actually beat it and get to Pippin and then beat Pippin. So they definitely made it tough on purpose, and it worked. It's, so. it's that old-school approach that you don't have necessarily a lot of levels, but it just takes you so long to master the game and to get through what is there that it that, that's where the longevity comes through. And, yeah, I, I got my uh, got my ass handed to me when I was playing that, uh, when I installed it and was checking it out and make sure it, uh, the copy worked and everything, got it off eBay. Um yeah, yeah, it's uh, it would be interesting to see who remembers it because I'll, I'll put my hand up here. We can't see it because we're not on video, but I'll put my hand up here and say that uh, I I didn't know about it back in the day. I actually heard it for the first time, heard about it for the first time, I should say, uh, from the uh, from James Rolfe, the Angry Video Game Nerd, because he did his uh, Sega CD uh, review, his his video on that, and it wasn't until that that I saw it. And he he's kind of touches on it very briefly because he's looking at a variety of games in that uh, in that feature. But I hadn't heard about it till then. But after I saw it and I saw that there was a DOS version, it's like, okay, well, I I can use DOSBox. I don't have to get a, a Sega CD to uh, to play that version. So yeah, I got the the DOS version. Found that on a uh, uh, complete box. So it was pretty cool to get that. So no, I'd definitely love to obviously do that way back Wednesday feature on it. But I, I'm sure we can do a podcast about it at some point too. Uh, after you and I have. Uh, Refamiliarized ourselves, or me familiarizing myself with the first time, I suppose, and then we can actually. Maybe we should get past fingers first, and then then we can do a show on it. Right, exactly. I, th- I think the goal should be that we both beat it, mm. and before we do the show, so we can talk about it at, at length. I, I beat it when I was younger, but again, things. How much do I remember from say nineteen ninety four? Probably not. You know, I don't remember the game all the way through, but. I think Sega CD overall is pretty underrated, and I still, I'm going to say this, and people can disagree if they want, I still think the best game overall on Sega CD was Sewer Shark. From a gameplay perspective, I just really enjoyed it, but yeah, 
I don't know. That's the other one I wanted to see if, you know, for our listeners, you know, have you played Sewer Shark? Uh, and did you like it? Yeah, so, so I, I've heard of it. I, I don't know if that was touched on in uh, James Rolfe's ABGN episode as well, but I know you've talked about it, obviously, and you posted some footage on uh, you tweeted out the other day. So, yeah, it's it's obviously uh, <laughs> a, a, a fun childhood memory. Uh, and, and like you say, the, the cheesiness, it, it is. It's 90s goodness, and we're obviously nostalgic for it. I, I do think that modern games have their own cheesiness that, in time, uh, a younger generation will look back and say, ah, oh, that, that was kind of funny, you know, we, we grew up with that, but they'll love it the same way that we do. Uh, as, as much as a lot of people rag on nostalgia now, I, I think we are getting to that point where we're getting a bit more nostalgic. Uh, Gen Z, uh, generation below us, is not feeling it just yet, but in a, give it a few years and they'll be able to look back on some of the uh, the haircuts and the, the cheesiness. But it was part of the appeal, and, and it was definitely, at the time, to get full motion video, as they used to love to call it, on games was a was a big deal it was and as far as the the cheesiness and whatnot you know terms that were used back then are obviously they're phased out and they're not used now at all really you know like people saying word um you know not in my house and and stuff like stuff that was big in like the early 2000s or mid 90s and stuff like the stuff that we heard instead of word or like stuff like that people today are saying lit mm. and so you have like some nostalgia for the language even that was used in games like slam city uh and games in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s because the language used today um you know the terms and the trash talk and all of that stuff uh, it, it's it's night and day different it than, is, and you know, what we did. I think, I think the only so. words that really hold up over the years, and of course they weren't new to us at the time, or new to our generation, are words like uh, cool and awesome, kind of, they they just kind of perpetuate throughout the years, because that they predated our generation as well, obviously. Uh, tubular, cowabunga, they've kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah, that's, that's wicked. Radical. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. Exactly. That's and that's the point I'm trying to make is it feels almost like a, a totally new language that these kids are using to describe certain things and events and everything. And it obviously all follows trends. But when you go back and you play those games and you play games like, um, you know, in the early 2000s and in the 90s and you hear you see these terms again and hear them and all of that stuff, it, it de- it's definitely a warm and fuzzy feeling, at least for me. Well, it's, so. it's also trying to make that virtual reality in a situation that's not VR. I mean, these days it might be difficult to appreciate because we actually do have uh, VR sets, headsets. Uh, my, my friend actually got one recently, uh, actually the same friend who gave, gave me his uh, old PS3, as it happens, but uh, uh, shout out to my friend Tim. He uh, he was telling about his new headset and some of the games. He was also telling me that they're very expensive, ridiculously so, uh, considering some of them only have about four hours of gameplay and yet they still cost, cost about 50 or 60 Australian dollars. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a rip-off in that respect, but... Uh, the the fact we had the VR these days, but back then they didn't really have that. But we did have that, you know, that first-person perspective. I mean, we had the shooters, but something that actually had digitized actors, uh, anim- sequences like that, full-motion video, interactive um, movies kind of thing. That's what a lot of them were. There. I mean, Night Trap was obviously a very infamous example because it, along with Mortal Kombat, led to the uh, foundation of the, or the founding, rather, of the uh, ESRB. Um, but, but just having that kind of... Uh, that kind of innovation at the time it's it's maybe hard for for younger gamers to really appreciate that but just just the advances at the time are very impressive 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And even a game like NBA Jam, where they, it, it's really just honestly for Sega CD, it's it's the same graphics really as like the Super Nintendo version and the Sega version, Sega Genesis version and whatnot. But they they added some special stuff to it, like the the new menu music, and just even that felt good to own just because of the difference in soundtrack. And I love that that opening Sega CD NBA Jam version uh, track. Like, it gets me pumped up. And we, we, we touched on it last week, but there's something special about original music in games, especially because games, the, uh, the Sim games in particular, have gone to having licensed uh, commercial tracks that I'm not saying that they're necessarily bad. There's certainly music that I've, <laughs> funnily enough, discovered through uh, NBA Live or NBA 2K in the last decade or so, decade plus, really. At the, but those original tracks, whether they were live or, or 2K or, or Jam or, or certainly uh, some other games that we're going to be talking about this week, I'm sure, it, uh, it, it's just something special about them and they, they really play into nostalgia. And, and I know the licensed commercial music does as well because certainly when I, I dust off a Live 2004 and uh, the EA mix of uh, Chingy's Right There starts playing, you know, <laughs> that's also nostalgic too. But compare it to the, uh, the jazzy tracks of uh, Live 96 PC the tra- you know, Traz's tracks, it's uh, it's really something special. There's more nostalgia and there's more um, memories, in my opinion, created with the game's original music. There's this game for Super Nintendo, and I still think it's pr- it might be the best Olympic, um, Summer Olympics game that I've ever played. It's called, um, it's oh yeah, Olympic Summer Games. That's actually what the name of the game is. It's for Super Nintendo. And just the music in this game you know, as you're going through the events, there's there's different music for each event, and then there's obviously the menu music and all of that stuff. It's just so memorable. And, you know, I like I told you, I got a Super Nintendo and, uh, you know, as a gift, and I got that game, and I'm playing it, and my brother was, you know, in the room with me, and we were just like, this brings back so many memories. Absolutely. And we remembered each, we, we remembered basically each track for each event, and there's a lot of events in that game. Um, yeah, there's something special about original game music. No no doubt. And once again, we, we will be touching on that this week because we're going to be playing a little game with this week's main discussion. We're going to be looking at games uh, that we'll be taking into isolation. If you want to look at the classic uh, Stuck on a Desert Island, what would you take with you? Uh, what, what, and we're going to have... Uh, well, we'll get to the rules when we get to there. But before we do that, just want to mention that uh, tomorrow, for when this is coming out, uh, March Modernist, the fourth annual March Modernist, is tipping off. That is a celebration of modding throughout the uh, month of March that we're doing. We started it, uh, obviously, four years ago at the, uh, here at the NLSC. And we, again, celebrating modding, uh, also running a giveaway for NBA 2K22 PC when that comes out later this year. Normally, I would say the prize is between the latest Live or 2K, but uh, every time we've run that contest, uh, funny enough, Derek, there's been no live come out. So we've just uh, basically, uh, this year I'm just going to say, okay, 2K22 is the prize because it's the only confirmed prize that I can offer at this time. Look, if live comes out this year, I'm sure we can do a, a different giveaway. But there will be a giveaway, as we've been doing. Uh, last year, DeCrispy won that. Uh, basically, anyone who uploads uh, work to the download section throughout the month of March will go into the draw. Uh, there will be full uh, terms and conditions of entry uh, coming out in a post that will be available on the NLSC. You can also check out the sticky in the forum, which will be up uh, not too long after this podcast goes live. But uh, yeah, looking forward to celebrating modding once again, Derek, and getting into it myself. I'd love to get my rosters done 
It's been way too long. I want to get them done. I want to get 2020 done. I want to get 2021 done as well and out and uh, get stuck in some other projects. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to you know, at least doing a few releases here and there, more than just more than a couple, hopefully, uh, throughout the month of March. No, I think it's great. I, I, I won't be, as you know. Um, I am helping out here and there with the NBA 2K19 retro roster project. I've done some conversions uh, and whatnot and made some faces for that project, but it's not my project. Um, I'm just kind of helping out with it when I can. I I think that I, I hope a lot of people participate. I, I think that the people who are working on the NBA 2K19 rosters um, should definitely put their hat in the ring there. Uh, you have uh, Thunder Shacks rosters for 2K20. Um, you have the, if he's going to be releasing anything during that month, you have people in the 2K21 section. I think there's that NBA 2K77 project. I want to say that's what it's called. And it's like a 76, 77 full roster with a custom arenas, courts, faces, all of that stuff. And they've been working on that for months. Um, and then obviously there's projects for the older games, like your NBA 2K11 project and whatnot. So yeah, I, I, there's a, a lot of work still is being done and presented on the NLSC. And uh, as much as there was in, in the past, um, sometimes outside factors get in the way. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of great work being posted on there and a lot of great rosters. And we want to encourage it. We want to be that place that is supports our money community as we've done for well, 25 years now, going on 25 years, it'll be later this year. Uh, we have our upload facilities. Uh, I know sometimes speed is an issue. I'm still working out some of the issues with uh, with the, the speed of the site. Uh, there are a couple of things I can work on there that should be uh, improved the performance going forward. But certainly we have all those resources. We want to preserve those downloads, those great mods. We want to preserve those uh, tutorials and other resources templates and whatnot so definitely be a part of everything we're doing with the modern community uh, also shout out to uh, sure joda and company derek uh just releasing version 3.0 of uh, pc basket of uh, 2k for nba 2k20 uh, seven leagues 143 teams 3,000 players over 500 uh, faces made from scratch uh, that's pretty damn impressive he puts his heart and soul into that roster and unfortunately i haven't had a chance to download it and try it and I just want to, like, I've talked to him extensively, and he just works so hard on that roster. And it's the faces that are made. From my understanding, he makes the majority of them. Um, there, there. I think there were a couple people working with him. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that he makes the, the majority of the faces. And he just puts a lot of attention to detail in it. He's also helping us with the 2K19 roster, making faces for NBA 2K19, and he does a really, really good job. Um, even with guys, you know, he made like a Ken Bannister and guys who are not as well known, where it's hard to find reference pictures, he just he makes really good faces. So, um, yeah, I, I can only imagine the amount of hours that went into adding that many leagues and that many teams and all of that stuff, and you really gotta love it, and you really gotta be passionate about it if you're going to put that much work into it. So, you know, hats off to him. I think that's why my current rosters, I've been dragging my feet on it, why I've been looking at all these other retro projects. And with a, even as before we started recording, I even mentioned that obviously last week, I've been playing a lot of live 06 on 360s being my retro kick of late. There was, a, I was even thinking of, Oh, what if I update the rosters to the end of the 2006 season for this game, just for my own enjoyment? No, no, I've got to, I've got to finish these other projects first. But I have wondered if it's 
if my not not enjoying the current game as much, the current NBA as much has gotten in the way of doing current rosters and why it has me looking at retro rosters uh, a lot. But that being said, I do want to get it done. Uh, a couple of little mods I want to get done, Derek, for uh, for live two thousand five to oh eight. Uh, shout out to Sticky Fingers uh, extracted the uh, val- the Oklahoma City. Well, actually, it was the New Orleans Hornets, Oklahoma City. Um, Valentine's Day jersey from 2007 from NBA Live 10, and also that uh, the Warriors fan jersey as well. The the the, uh, the uh, contest, the gold standard jersey that was made for a jersey contest that made its way into 09 and 10 as the uh, contest winner, uh, extracted those textures, and they can pretty much be put straight into 2005 to 08's jersey files. Uh, I do need to position them properly, so I'm going to get a, a template and just see if I can position and cut and paste those textures and, mod- and manipulate them a bit. But basically, with those textures, I can just put them pretty much straight into... Oh, wait, I think I even sent you a, a screenshot of that. It actually uh, it worked pretty well, but I can actually get those jerseys in those old games. So that's pretty cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Isn't it that we can, you know, we're at the point where we can extract uh, that information from a game that didn't even get released on PC? Yeah. Like NBA Live. No, it, it's so good. And use those files. Um it makes you wonder how much more you could even break into these games. Like you're really into NBA Live 06 right now, and you made some really good caps like the Pippen and the Ron Harper, and they look good on the court and all of that stuff. <laughs> the Jordan's you know, a bit wonky, but yeah, you can tell it's yeah, that's what... the best you can do. It's no worse than the most popular Charles Barkley's and Reggie Miller's on 2K16, 2K17, mm. and, I'll and take it. <laughs> uh, some of the ones on the recent games. I mean, look, I mean, I just gotta, I got to point something out. Nobody can look at your Pippin for NBA Live 06, which I think has his likeness, and then look at the created the, the ones that were created for NBA 2K16 and 2K17 with one of the worst created player features that a video game has ever come out with in those games. They all look the same. Their eyes look the same. They're squinty. Um, you can't look at those faces that were created on NBA 2K16 and 2K17 and say they were any better. And that's in a game that was 10 years newer. Mm. than NBA Live 06. So, you know, for the people who might want to laugh at how, you know, some of these faces came out, listen, if you're going to laugh at those ones that came out for NBA Live 06, those faces, you, you better be laughing at the, the, the caps that came out, the most popular ones for Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller, and, so, and Rasheed Wallace and all of that stuff for 2K16, 2K17, and even some of the newer 2Ks. Just, you, you, I think you did the best that you possibly could. Like I said, the Pippin is very passable. I think the Ron Harper is good. Um, that Longley came out really good. Like, I think all three of those guys look like they could have been in NBA Live 06, in my opinion. Well, fa- the faces um, back then weren't, the, weren't always the best, yeah, at the time. No, I, right. I appreciate it. I was yeah, quite happy with the Pippin. That that I do feel came out the best. Uh, and look, I mean, obviously I put them out there to make a bit of a joke about them. But, uh, I felt some people were more not laughing with me, but at me, but... You know, it is what it is, but uh, no, I'm, look, I was having fun with the game, and I was sharing that with my fellow gamers, and I think if that's one thing we want to impress always on the podcast, is that if you are enjoying the games, as we hope to do, and we strive to do, then share that with your, with your you know, whether it's funny, whether it's, whether it's cool, whether it's awesome, whether it's lit, uh, whatever you want to say, uh, sh- share that with your fellow gamers, and but also we should enjoy this together rather than uh, point fingers. But yeah, to, to that point, uh, so, certainly there are, you can point fingers elsewhere. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. What happened with being creative? 
Absolutely, what yeah. Using your, what happened with using your imagination? Minimalist modding, absolutely. What happened to minimalist modding? Right, exactly, that that stuff. This is um, the stuff we used to do, again, you know. I mean, full-blown mods are nice, and of course, with much modernists, we definitely encourage it, but just for your own use, just just making up some fun scenarios. Making yourself in the game and making yourself 99 overall and just dominating the NBA. Why not? There's something. There's something about having a game that's on a console with limited modding and there's something about putting together teams like you did like the you know the mid 90s bulls or let's say i you know with a game like that let's say i put together i don't know like tried to create the 91 92 celtics or something like that and you know putting them on the floor and saying man if this game had retro teams this is what it would look like yeah right pretty much like what i was trying to do yeah in using your imagination and being like, man, if this team, you know, if this game back then had an ultimate team, right? Like, I could be using these guys. Absolutely. And yeah. I could be putting these guys together and putting them out on the court. What is wrong with that? That's awesome. See, I love thinking like that. Yeah. And I love putting all of these new ideas and implementing them with the current game's design and everything. So I applaud you for doing that. Um, I applaud anybody who you know puts puts in that effort and you know uses their imagination and tries to get creative and stuff like that because in my opinion that's almost more fun than anything and that's why mods are so popular it is right uh, you know and uh, and thank you for that thank you for the kind words i I appreciate it and and as we you know as we tip off march modernists you know uh, embrace that creativity it's great to make big mods and I will always support them. And I'm looking forward to, to really pushing those a bit more this year on the NLSC and, and really celebrating modding, not just in March modernists through, through the month of March, but also beyond that as well. And into the future, but because modding, obviously a big thing, big part of what we've been doing for the past 25 years here at the NLSC, but, uh, but also the minimalist, minimalist projects, the, uh, just the, the crazy ideas. Yeah. Get creative. And, and well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some great releases throughout March. No, me too. And uh, I think that there's a lot of excitement looming in the modding community, uh, and we're going to see some a lot of great things, I think, at the end of the year and going into next year because, as we've talked about, we have NBA 2K22, which it's almost certain that the PC version will be next-gen, and the modding com- community is just going to jump all over that, and it's going to be super exciting. Then, like you and I have stated, we do anticipate another NBA Live coming out um, either this year or next year. So there's the excitement around getting that and modding that if it's on Origin and whatnot. So there's just a lot of cool stuff. Like March Modness next year could be incredibly hyped. A- absolutely. Like it could be really, really big. Some, next some really year. awesome stuff. If it's two games, two current gen games, or next, you know, next gen, current right. gen, if you want to call it current gen now that it's current whatever that that could definitely be cool so look look out for that uh, i'm sure we'll be touching on on modding in uh, and on the podcast throughout uh, throughout march as well also look out for my uh, re- retrospectives of uh, ncaa march madness 08 and ncaa basketball 09 and 10 as well as college hoops in wayback wednesday because of course march madness is part of uh, march as well so look out for that as well but uh, with that in mind, Derek, uh, obviously we talk about basketball games here and, and touch on some other games as well. And we were we were thinking of what to do, what to talk about this week, because it's been a, it's a slow week for news, not really anything 
uh, noteworthy, no patches, no controversies. So whenever that happens, we like to delve into our, uh, well, you know, once again, get creative with the topics we talk about. We have the mailbag later in the show, of course, but uh, we were talking about it before the show when you came up with a, an idea that, uh, that, that I love because it, it, we can talk about so many games and so many basketball games across the breadth of history. Uh, what games would we take into isolation? Kind of like your favorite, uh, your uh, proverbial rather, uh, if you're stuck on a desert island, what games would you take with you? So we were, we were discussing the rules before we got started. So 10 games that we would have in isolation, desert island, underground vault, if you want to go Fallout. I'm sure that Fallout will come up uh, in the course of this conversation, Derek. Spoilers. Uh, ten, so 10 games that we'd have in isolation uh, for a year, up to five basketball games and up to five uh, non-basketball games. Uh, which ones we choose and... Uh, from the breadth of history and our, our nostalgia for old games or even uh, newer titles as well. Uh, that is the basic premise. Yeah, so uh, let's get started. So there's two there's two points I want to make really quick that, that impact my decisions here. Um, this was, we didn't discuss any games, by the way, prior to the show. So this is going to be just completely um, at random flying off the handle here. Am I allowed to have my brothers in isolation with me? And am, are we allowed to include modding? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, uh, sure. So, I mean, we'll, allow for multiplayer. Like, yeah. Allow, allow for modding and multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. Also, also, if you uh, really, if you, if you really need it, you've got, um, let, let's, let's also say that you've got internet access and all servers are up. So this is, this perfect. is, this is, we're, you're, we're in isolation on a desert island. Let's, let's have some, let's have some good news here. Yeah. I was going to say, this is a very well-equipped bunker. Oh we yeah. Got everything. Um, Oh, have you played for it? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, I have. I have uh, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Fallout 3, um, I mean, uh, New Vegas. So, yeah, I actually have the Fallout game. There you go. Um, all right. So, uh, it, that changes the game. So, multiplayer and being able to mod puts kind of limits the selection because I'm not going to go and choose a game like NBA Starting 5 or NBA Shootout. Um, in games like that, if I have the ability to spend some of this time in isolation modding these games and making them better and getting creative and using my brain and all of this stuff. So I'm going to, how about this? I'll start off and name five basketball games and then you can name your five and then we'll go on to non-basketball. Sure. Um, for, for basketball games, I think NBA 2K17 is obviously the must. It has to go into isolation with us. Um, we have a current season that we're still in the playoffs on. We're going to be moving on to season two. I've mentioned that season on a prior podcast and we have my Ross, the, the roster mod, mod the UCTR V3 that we can still do a little bit more work on and add some more teams. And just, we've talked about this before it's in contention for our favorite NBA 2K of all time and possibly one of our favorite basketball games of all time. So 2K17 is a must. It has to be in there. Um, NBA 2K16 has to come along, too. And the reason is is because myself and my two brothers have a season where we're 80 games in right now, all three of us using different teams, using an Ultimate Classic Teams roster that I haven't released for that game. And I'm using the 0607 Nuggets. Mark is using the 0102 Mavericks. And my brother Nick is using the 0304 Timberwolves. And we need to finish that season. It's one of our goals this year. And we want to get through the playoffs. And we've never, all three, against each other, we played against each other for every game, finished a season in our lives. 
Um, so it's a it's a life goal for us. So we want to be able to do that. So 2K16 and 2K17, I'd say NBA 2K19 has to come in with us. Uh, and the reason is is because it's the closest thing to UBR and URB gameplay-wise, modding-wise, etc., that we're going to have on this gen as far as like single seasons go. Uh, the ability to, and they have draft classes as well, the, the ability to say, hey, we're in isolation, let's start on an 87-88 season or 88-89 season and play a few seasons because they have them all the way up to 93-94 already. Uh, that would easily take up the time and be a blast. And they've just worked so hard on those mods, and it would just give us so much enjoyment. So 2K19 is definitely in there with us. So 2K17, 2K16, 2K19. Um, I'd say, you know, for a year, I want to say 2K21 next gen, but we can't mod it. And uh, But we do have a season going, and I think those other t- – you know what? I'm going to put that in there. So 2K21 next gen, we're 30 games into a season right now on the same team, me and my brother Nick. Um, we still like to do drafts with my brother Mark, with the current, uh, you know, all three of us with the current teams, etc., um, and play against each other at times. And like I said, my brother Nick and I really want to finish that season. So 2K21 next gen would come in with us. So that's four. And then... I'm going to say 2K12, hmm. which is surprising. So, um, yeah, uh, either 2K12 or 2K14, I'd have to be on the fence, and I'd have to talk with my brothers before making that decision. NBA 2K12 has gameplay that is more dynamic than the PC version of NBA 2K14, and um, it has the UBR mod to go back and play single seasons and it is one of our favorites in the series from the soundtrack to the gameplay to to all of it um so i'd have to i'd have to decide between 2k12 and 2k14 but it's it's one of them for my fifth one okay that's that's a pretty solid list and that's that's all but so all basically 2k yeah unfortunately i mean see the thing is is that nba live as you know they stopped releasing on pc for nba live 08 um, you know, after NBA Live 08. And I'm not... Those games, in my opinion, don't stack up gameplay-wise still to the ones that I just mentioned, and they don't have the modding capabilities the same way, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, and I think if I'm isolated for a year and I'm with my brothers... Also, this is another b- big part of that decision. Both of my brothers don't play those games anymore. There you like, go. They have yeah. no interest playing those NBA Live games. That's a huge part of this. Like, if Mark and Nick were like, hey, let's play Live 2004, that's my favorite game, and, you know, let's start seasons, then that would probably be on my list. But they don't play them anymore. So, um, yeah, just if I'm in isolation, I want to be able to have something that I can get my, you know, hands dirty with as far as modding and then have my brothers enjoy all the stuff that, you know, we have options for playing. So, yeah. If uh, if it was just you, you, if it was just you... um just change up a bit and I'll do I'll keep I'll do altered list for myself as well if it was just you if it was just going to be single player would you change any of those if it was just me it would be 2k14 over 2k12 mm-hmm. um, because of how knowledgeable I feel I am not modding 2k14 in relation like I, I just spend so much time on 2k14 and I'm not as good at modding NBA 2k12 
Um, so that would go ahead. And there's more scoreboards for 2K14 and more modding options. And it's still being actively modded. So that would be one of the changes. Um, yeah, I got to be honest with you. I don't think my choices would change even if it's just for me. Fair enough. And the reason is, is because, um, as you know, I was working on an NBA 2K16 roster to release it, actually, a UCTR. And that's been like the majority of that work now has been done by me. And I still have a lot of work to do on it. And I can just imagine sitting there and saying, you know what? I can't do anything else in life except for be in front of this TV. And I'm going to release this. I'm going to get this roster done and release it for everybody. So, yeah, I don't think my choices would change, to be honest. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So I'm going to make a very unsurprising pick for the, my, my first pick, which is uh, NBA Live 06 PC. Uh, I know that I've been talking about 360 lately, but uh, PC, I do have the Dynasty save on there that's um, a, a few years in now that I still have that save. So it's always there to dust off. I haven't done so in years, but it's it's always there. I don't want to lose it. And if I'm there in isolation, now, now I can go back to it. Um, I wanted at least one NBA Jam game. Because um, I, I was trying to narrow down the choices, because my, my my gut uh, feeling is to get, take Tournament Edition and, and On Fire Edition. But I've only got the five slots. Now, if I was doing 10 basketball games in isolation, sure. I would Because I like having the variety there. If I get sick of it, I could go back and forth between it. Um, I'm actually going to go with, and, and this, this this pains me because I do love Tournament Edition, but I am going to go with On Fire Edition uh, simply because it uh, is more up-to-date and because of the, the depth of what they've done with uh, what they did with Road Trip. Uh, just a, a fantastic mode, one of the best of, uh, of an arcade basketball game, what they did with Road Trip there. Uh, so I'm going to take On Fire Edition and uh, for... Well, actually, I have it for PS3 and 360. Uh, I'll do. It, I'll take it 360 because I've got the uh, I got the updated rosters because the service was still on at the time. So I'll take 360. It's more up to date. Um, let's see, and 06 uh, 064 PC. Tossing. Well, I just want to point out too before you even finish. People got to realize too that your playing circumstances are entirely different than mine. Your, true, is, yeah. your, your isolation. Your isolation is truly you, and you unless you wanted to include your cousin in there that's what i was thinking yeah well you know that well there you go on either on fire edition or or uh, tournament edition would suit us just fine um let's see i'm tossing up between 2k17 and 2k19 um 2k17 uh, if the servers were on as as we said in the uh, you know the best case scenario for the uh, isolation uh then we could keep could dust off the uh nlsc thrill ho and and play with the guys again i'm sure they'd be into that because we love that over 500 games played uh, but 19, I had that really great... Uh, actually, well, actually, I retired my player to get to the Hall of Fame in 2K19, so I don't have that player anymore. Um, well, I can use them online, but not, not uh, in uh, in the NBA side of my career. So I might say uh, 2K17, and uh, I'll just say PC, um, so that I can use your uh, Ultimate Classic Teams roster, obviously, and uh, mod it myself. 06, I would also love to keep modding as well. So let's say 2K17 on PC and uh, Live 06 on PC, uh, 360 for NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Let's see. Probably, probably NBA Live 2004. I would take as well because I could play with my uh, not, not 95 96 mod. Yeah, and it's still modded a little bit. And you used to mod those games. Yeah, so I know uh, how to, I can mod it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, that's four, and a fifth one. Hmm. 
I could take an NBA street. I could take an NBA street. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Five is uh, is not that many when you think about it. Um, especially when the, you know when you've got ten, but this we can only have up to five. You know what? I'm going to take tournament edition as well. So I've got my retro my my retro sorted out and my um, and a more up to date of uh, 2K17. So on fire edition, live 6 live 2004, 2K17, and actually no, sorry, scrub that. I'm going to take 2K11 so I can mod that. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, leave that tournament edition. I'm going to take 2K11. Yeah, I mean, there's such a there's a big difference in content there. Oh, yeah. There's a big difference in capabilities, and it's not a knock on NBA Jam. It's just there's so much more that you can do with 2K11. Uh, and before we move on to the non-basketball games, I, I'm, I'm curious about this. Let's branch off and say you can't have PC, but you have to choose one console. You Ooh, can only take one console, one console into isolation. Yeah. Mm. And with that console, you have the ability to play any title you want. Well, you know, the PS5 is backwards compatible with PS4 games. So I could take the PS5 and, which would include probably. Uh, so then you yeah. could do 2K21 uh, next gen. Uh, then you could take 2K17. Um, I could take a live 16. So I could have an NBA live game in there. Um, only problem is I don't have an NBA jam game. I suppose I have to take a, uh, would I take a playgrounds? I don't know. As I, I do like playgrounds. I know I've had my criticisms of it, but to that point, I probably wouldn't make it one of my five. Um, but I, I, the thing is, I, I would take the Super Nintendo for NBA Jam Tournament Edition, but then <laughs> the 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 other sim games aren't as good on that console. So, yeah, but you you made a great point. PS Five, you know, backwards compatible to PS Four, backwards compatible to even PlayStation Three. Because remember, I just downloaded NBA Jam on Fire Edition for PlayStation Five. Remember, so I mean, not not for PlayStation Five for Xbox, mm. uh, Xbox Series X. So for the new console. So if I take in an Xbox Series X for isolation, I can play some Xbox One games and even some Xbox 360 games like NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Uh, exactly, yeah. So yeah, that's a great point. So you might take in PlayStation, I might take in Xbox, I mean PlayStation 5, and I might take in Series X, but I think both of us could get a years of entertainment out of all the content. See, if I only had to get if I could only take in one generation of uh, of console and no PC, um, I might go PS2 because I can play because then I can substitute. So many great games. Then I can substitute yeah. in the uh, the street games for uh, for NBA Jam. Although I do, although I do have NBA Jam 2004, but it, by a claim that it wasn't. It's okay. It's 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 a forgotten game. It's kind of overlooked, but it's it's not. I wouldn't rank it as one of the best Jam games. But then I could put NBA Street Volume Two. I could have uh, NBA Live 06, NBA Live 2004, um, what one of the two K, what one of the two Ks possibly. So PS2 or 360, uh, I, I might be inclined to go with. I, I got to tell you that the PS2 generation of games and then the Xbox 360, PS3 generation games just it was a good time in gaming. Oh, I mean it was it was pre microtransactions. I know we rag on those a lot, but yeah. frankly for good reason. Uh, I mean, look at look at the PS2, one of the most successful consoles ever in sales and that that library of games it had. I mean, not not every game is good. I mean, for example, I would not be taking kid sports basketball on my PS2 to the deserted island or into the vault. <laughs> There's just no yeah, way. I'm not taking. I know. I'm not using Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not. I mean, Barkley Shut Barkley Shut Up and Jam was for um, for a Super Nintendo. I want to say. 
Um, uh, yeah, I think it was a but, Genesis version. Yeah, there's games yeah. like that that just don't they don't they don't they don't make the cut. No, so. no, 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 Looney Tunes, Beeble, no Space Jam, uh, no, um, no David Robinson Supreme Court, no NBA Action '95. Um, of course, if you go well, if you took a PS2, of course that plays NBA Fast Break '98. NBA Fast Break '98 um, was for the original PlayStation. Yeah, but, that wasn't for PlayStation Two. Yeah, but, P- but, yeah, but, but you, you can play you, it on PS2 because it's backwards compatible. You, oh, you can. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I even, I that, that's how I play I didn't it. Didn't even know that. Yeah, I still I would still play a season on that game. I don't care what anybody says. I have some I have some uh, I have some good feelings about that game. Oh yeah, no, I, I need to get to my NBA Action '98 slash NBA Fast Break '98 review for way back Wednesday at some point this year. It's been on the list for too long. Actually, the, uh, it's it's been in the starter draft for too long. So uh, I need to get onto that after March uh, March Madness and NCAA basketball, perhaps. Um, yeah, the PS2 obviously has a, has a great library for that. 360 PS3, you've got that some uh, some, some decent NBA Live games. You've certainly got some uh, up to 2K11, for example, up to I guess 2K14 is is still that generation still still doing well. If you had to have a a single console, yeah, definitely. Um, so so now non basketball titles. So we got to choose five. And this is actually um, harder. This is much harder because at least basketball we can say, okay, what what have been the standout releases over the years? So in basketball games, which I mean that's tough, but okay, what are the standout releases in all of the rest of games <laughs> since you and so I started tough, playing man. games? And the reason why it's so tough. One of the reasons why it's so tough is because with basketball games you can you can do more customization in the form of modding. You can have very long seasons, you know, forty eight minute games. Uh, you can continue on to new seasons. They're so rich with content and hours that you can put into them. But if you look at the gameplay time for most non-sports games, you know, completionist, 20 hours, right? You know, Mm. beat it in 10 hours, beat it in 15 hours. Or it's a game like Super Punch-Out, which is fantastic, but you have 16 people you beat and then that's it. Obviously, you have Time Attack where you can try to get, like, beat them faster and everything. But how much do you really want to do that in a year's time? So, like, Super Punch-Out is one of my favorite games to ever be made. But do you think that's going to be on my list in isolation? No, because, I mean, there's not enough content there. Not enough depth. So, no. yeah, there's not enough depth. There's not enough content. There's not enough replayability to keep us interested. It's also a one-player game. So, And, and even, like, a game, like, I, I may change my mind about this, but, for example, I love the, the old LucasArts and Sierra Adventure games. Your Legend Suit Larry, your Monkey Island, Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle, uh, etc. But you can only revisit them every so often because it is the same adventure, the story that you play through, and they're not that long. You can finish them in a few hours if you know what you're doing, um, if you have happened to look up, if you remember the steps from back in the day, or if you look up a, a guide, obviously, online, you can do it much quicker, and uh, you know, or if you looked it up back in the day and still remember it, obviously. Um, but you can't... And even some platformers, for example, and again, I may change my mind on this, but uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, for example... Fantastic! One of the best platform games ever made. Still, probably a candidate for one of the best Mario games ever made. I may be wrong about that because I haven't played a, a new Mario game since uh, uh, Mario sixty four. But that being said, how many times can you play that in the course of a year? Unless, unless you're trying you to beat that unless, game, unless, yeah. unless you're trying to become a speedrunner, I suppose that'd be the only way to right. really. I mean, you could, you could beat that game in like three hours, yeah. three or four hours if you really like, buckle down. Yeah. Um, that, and that's my point. I, that, like, like I, I would never take Sewer Shark. Even because I, listen, I, I played Sewer Shark the other night and I beat it in two days. Like I did it part of it in one night, and then 
the rest of it in the next night. Like that's two days in a year. And I beat it. Do you, what do I, how many times do I want to play through Super Shark? So, um, and also with this you know, preemptively, same rules, obviously, as far as um, servers and uh, and people to play with in uh, in isolation and lockdown, Desert Island, whatever scenario you want to uh, suggest here. Uh, does, uh, does the presence of your brothers also play a role here? Or is it? Uh, are you Big looking time. more at that single-player uh, experience? Well, the biggest problem is, is, so I have one brother that lives with me, Nick, who absolutely loves playing games that are also not basketball so like we have games where we're, right now we have uh, a turn going on remnant from the ashes um where he like i said my setup is he has his tv in his computer i have my tv right next to it and my computer we're both hooked up through land so we can play all of these online multiplayer games in the same room on separate screens so, like, right now we have a turn on Remnant from the Ashes, which is just an amazing game. We have a turn on Outward. Um, Monster Hunter World is another game that we have a turn on. Um, the, we've, you know, we've beat Borderlands 2 together. We've beat the original Borderlands together. This is where it gets tough. My other brother, Mark, doesn't play anything else. Like he doesn't play any other games. He doesn't. He he comes over and he plays NBA 2K17. Every now and then we can get him to play NBA 2K21 or a different NBA 2K game. But his interest lies in just playing basketball games. Ah. So it would be a thing where Nick and I, if they're both in isolation with me, where Nick and I would still need to be able to, you know, if Mark was busy in some other part of the bunker or something like that, that's when Nick and I could dive into those games. So that's what I have to consider. But if we're all three living together, these games wouldn't be played even close to as much as the basketball games. So let me let me think here. I would say that, you know, considering time spent, I think the game Outward, uh, people can look that up if they question it. It's a um, it's an adventure RPG game. I think we still have a lot of unfinished business on that game, and Nick and I would want to play that and and beat it. So I'm going to say Outward is one game that comes into the bunker. I think Monster Hunter World comes into the bunker as well because it just it's so rich with content. There's so much we haven't done with our characters as far as upgrading. And um, we've put about 200 hours into this game, and we're not even close to done with it. Uh, we still probably have a couple hundred hours left, uh, you know, to beat that, to fully, you know, exhaust the content Monster Hunter World. And also, d- we have to talk about DLC because people, they add on to the content. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, we, so games, obviously, ultimate so, editions and DLC included, and game yeah, of the exactly. editions, yeah. Uh, right, because just because we're in a bunker doesn't mean that everything else shuts down. Yeah. So um, again, we, we, I mean, we definitely, if we're talking about mods, then we can also have DLC, and because right, and, yeah. and again, there are so many games that come with the DLC, as I say, ultimate editions, game of the year editions, collector's editions, whatever. So you can <laughs> you can have if you if you want to count that just as a a, a version of the game. Either way, yeah. Right. So Monster Hunter World comes with us. Um, Remnant from the Ashes comes with us as well because we're so deep into that game. And it's just, the gameplay is unbelievable. And hell, I mean, that's even a game that I think we could play through twice and just be have so much fun with it. Um, so that's three games. And you're going to notice that a lot of them are recent. And the reason is, is because we have active turns. And I can't imagine us going into isolation um, not finishing these turns. It would bother us. Like, mm-hmm. we're actively in it. Um, so, I have to think of two more games. I'd say Elder Scrolls Online goes in. And the reason is, is because 
there is just endless amounts of content. We both put about 300 hours total into the game. Um, him more. Um, because he plays when I'm not there as well on his turn. But three to 400 hours into that game. And they constantly add expansions for it. There's DLC. There's, um, there's, honestly, I don't think you could ever exhaust the content in that game. And we do enjoy the gameplay overall. So Elder Scrolls Online goes in there as well. Um, so that's four. This one might be surprising because this is going to be a game that I would just play by myself. Um, I've always wanted to go back and beat Final Fantasy VIII again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yep. I beat that I beat that in the late 90s, I want to say. And I love that game. It, it takes a long time to beat. You can spend, you know, if you're doing trying to do a completion on it, completionist on it, you could probably play it for 100 to two hour, 200 hours. Um, if, if I would want a game that I could dive into when they weren't around um, or if they were doing something else or maybe playing something on their own, so I'd say Final Fantasy VIII I would bring in because I've always wanted to beat it again. Sounds good. Sounds good. I've been I've been racking my brain because again it is it is very difficult, you know. And, and you and uh, I have the advantage of going second. And even then, I'm I'm still still wondering how to make that five. Uh, not not that you know how to cut it down to five basically. Um, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta say I gotta bring up a game, a genre that I didn't bring up, um, and I gotta exclude one of these games. So I'm gonna remove. Sorry about this for interrupting. Um, no good. I gotta remove a game so I can get a tennis title in there. Ah, in a, ah. in a football title, tennis and football, because one other game that Mark enjoys is playing Madden, and I gotta get that in there. So wow. So um, so, so no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess not. Uh, tennis for the Intellivision. <laughs> not, not the replayability and depth on tennis for the Intellivision, and the graphics are just—they just will not pass. Yeah, um, I'm gonna get rid too, of too Final beautiful, Fantasy right? VIII. Too too beautiful, too deep. Yeah, too beautiful. Exactly. I don't think we could handle that much beauty in a yeah. bunker. Just too much. Um, I'm gonna remove Final Fantasy VIII because that's selfish. So, I'm gonna go with. We're going to go with the most recent version of Madden um, because Mark always likes to play the most recent version. Um, and so Madden – actually, you know what? Boy, see, this is what happens when it's live, people, when we don't plan this in advance. I'm going to say actually Madden 19. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm saying Holds Madden up. 19 is because the graphics are still the best in the series, even better than next gen, in my opinion. The lighting is beautiful. The gameplay is still right on par with it. And – there are mods. There's historical mods, historical team mods, all-time team mods, um, real cyber faces that people put in there you um, go. because they modded yeah. the Madden mod manager. So Madden 19 comes into the bunker. Um, and then a tennis game because, like I said to you, tennis was always my second sport growing up for all three of us. We loved it. Um, Nick, Nick and I love playing tennis games. So I'm going to have to remove Remnant. I guess remnant from the ashes. It's an amazing game, but that's the one where we're the closest to the end on it. Um, okay. Still, so so, so what, what's ashes. your, what's, what's the five you're locking in? I'm locking in, um, Madden 19, um, tennis elbow, 2013. Yeah. Tennis elbow, 2013 for the tennis game. Um, elder scrolls online outward and monster hunter world. Okay. Those are the, those are the, yeah. So you've you've bought me some more time, but it hasn't helped. Um, 
<laughs> because again, there's just so many games. Um, t- t- well, well, two slots are easy: uh, Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas. Uh, the reason I have to take both is because uh, whichever one is my favorite of the Fallout series really depends on the day. I, I love them both. Uh, they are such in-depth experiences. Again, much as Bethesda was done with the Elder Scrolls, that you can play them both over and over again in different ways and take different paths to a certain extent. And just, it's, I could alternate if I could. There's enough difference between them as far as their stories and the settings and and things like that that to have them both to alternate and break up possible gaming over the course of a year. Uh, I definitely would. Uh, I, I do have to leave out Fallout 4 and 76. Uh, Fallout 4 uh, is a game I've warmed up to. 76 is uh, it's interesting. I, I ha- you know I, I do have it and it's uh, it's it's okay. It's definitely gotten better uh, post launch, but uh, but it just doesn't uh, for me it doesn't hold the candle to uh, to three and uh, and New Vegas. Um, I was thinking of a Grand Theft Auto game, and I'm going to have to go with and this is going to be for people who like the GTA series because most people think oh well you go for GTA five maybe four. Uh, perhaps even three. I'm going to go for Liberty City Stories on PS2. I've never, I've never even heard of that, and there I've you never go. liked those games. <laughs> but yeah, I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's uh, again one of the uh, prequel games uh, in the vein of uh, Vice City, and of course they did Vice City Stories and San Andreas as uh, as well. Um, Liberty City Stories is just one because it's I, I love three and I love the map the of uh, the well, it's New York, it's it's um, Liberty City. Uh, essentially the uh, GTA's <laughs> universe's version of New York. Um, and, and of course, Liberty City Stories uh, brings that back, uh, updates the map a little bit, adds motorcycles, uh, does a few things uh, differently. I just, lo- I just love that game. It's the first GTA game I actually finished. I finished it before I finished GTA 3 or, or Vice City. Uh, so uh, I have it's a very special place. And, and there's a lot of side missions and such that you can do and just play through the, the story again. And uh, so I, I feel I could break up the other experiences uh, with that. Uh, I'd also want a, a, a wrestling game, either WWF or WWE, same company, different uh, eras, of course. Um, I, I'm leaning towards probably uh, No Mercy, which is considered one of the best wrestling games ever made, No Mercy um, for Nintendo 64. Um, I, I do like a lot of the SmackDown vs. Raw series from the uh, uh, early to mid-2000s, but... Um, it's it's hard for me to pick just one for this. I might just go for No Mercy. Um, so that's one, two, three, four. Because I, I part of me wants to pick Ocarina of Time, especially since I've got the N sixty four there already. Because I, I do love that Zelda game. It is my favorite Zelda game. But again, it's how how many times can you replay it? And I know I've got nine other games at this point. Uh, so it's it's kind of like, do I want to do I want another favorite on hand just to play if I if the mood strikes to replay it again? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Ocarina of Time. So, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Ocarina of Time, uh, No Mercy, and um, uh, Liberty City Stories, GTA Liberty City Stories. you got to think about it, too. A game like Ocarina of Time still gives you a lot of playability. I mean, those games, the Zelda games, in most part, have a lot of hours for completionists. It is, yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, they, I think this is interesting because... There are certain factors that would change our list, or mostly my list entirely. Um, like, for example, if online wasn't an option, if they took online away from me, my choices would change. Hmm. If they took the option of DLC away, my, cha- my uh, obviously if online was gone and you had to be online to get the DLC, 
that would change. If we were told we can't spend any money in the bunker, that changes things because you can't buy the DLC. Right, right. And at you that, at take the it same in, time, yeah. if you, right. If you didn't, if you didn't have any money to spend, um, that changes a whole lot of things um, as far as some of your, you know, getting more content and stuff. So yeah, this is super interesting exercises. You chose some more older titles. I think that the reason why you hear more recent titles with me is because that's what my brother and I are playing right now. Mm. And we would feel absolutely terrible for not being able to play those games for a year and not finish what we started. That's the... Before before we move on to the mailbag, because again, changing up this is very interesting to then change the parameters a bit. So let's keep 10 games up to five basketball games, but you, and, and also five non-basketball games. And we'll keep it at that, but you can't take multiple games from the same series. What do you do then? That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of mine were 2k titles. Oh, look, it's the 2k hater choosing 2k. (laughs) You guys haven't realized realized I'm not a 2k hater. Um, I, I can I can start that first with the basketball one if if you like if if you want to need some time yeah, to. Uh, uh, well, I don't I don't I think I could probably get through it, but yeah, why don't you go first because it sounds like you have it in mind. So for that, I will take. Uh, I'll I'll still keep 06 for for live. Uh, I'll take on fire edition for uh, for jam uh, for jam. Yeah, I'll take street volume two for street. I'll take. I'll take two K seventeen. For 2k and that leaves one more as, as kind of a, a wild card uh game to uh to have hmm i'm just looking at some of my collection that's in front of me not janet um not full court press not fox sports nba basketball um man that that is uh that is so tough, tough. yeah you, hey this is your fault oh, well this is i mean because that, that's kind of like the four series the four main series that i play as well you gotta think uh remember there's like konami and 989 sports that's that's true, yeah. And uh, hang, hang time is part of the NBA Jam lineage, so so that's uh, that's cheating. Um, hmm. What other what other one would I? I'm not, it's not going to be Space Jam. <laughs> it's not going to be. Um, I talk about no replayability. Yeah, that's right. You know, you, you need the other ones for the uh, for the rest of the time <laughs> in isolation. There. Um, you know what? I'm going to take uh, In the Zone Two. Because that's a game I, I bought more it recently. Made me so happy! I love that game. Uh, yeah. It's a game I haven't spent a lot of time with, but I, I've played played a bit and wish that I had played it a bit more back in the day. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to have that one. That's going to be my, my wild card. What I spend some time with because I haven't played it before. But now that I've got this year to just play just these games, I've got my four favorites. Four of my favorites from my big four, and so then my my wild card will be in the zone two with uh, M Guard, who totally doesn't look like Michael Jordan at all. Totally, honestly. The, one of the best things about one of the best things about in the zone two is they have the hidden legends, mm. uh, and if you go into the create a player feature, they have a guy with the exact same height and weight as Charles Barkley, exact same height and weight as Will Chamberlain, exact yep. exact same <laughs> height and weight as Larry Bird. So like they implemented that into the create a player feature, so you could put legends on the floor. In, in the zone two is really underrated. Um, so I like your choices. One of my choices is going to surprise you. Um, but, um, 2K17 comes in because it's a universally loved game from the three of us, for me and my two brothers. It's my brother Mark's favorite NBA 2K of all time. Um, we definitely could play another year of seasons and still have fun. Uh, so 2K17 is for 2K that comes into the bunker. 
Um, and we can still mod it and add new teams and add new experiences. Maybe we add in the new rookies, right? And put those in our fantasy draft and, you know, get guys like Zion Williamson in there. Absolutely. So yeah. 2K17 comes in. Um, for non-2K, this is the tough one because I actually wanted to include playgrounds too, but I can't because it's 2K. It's a, it's a different so, it, well it's a different series though it's not NBA 2K it's a different if you're gonna call that okay if we're not gonna call that 2K then then two players because remember in. I'm calling on Fire Edition that's NBA Jam but that's an EA Sports game as is live but it's a different series okay. so I consider I okay. consider that a different so, series yeah that's perfect so Playgrounds two comes in and the reason is is because they're still they have the season mode um, and my brother and I still have players we want to complete the season mode in and we want to collect all the players it's gonna take you the year to do it. So, and it'll take a long time. Right, exactly. So it has the replayability factor. And my brother Nick actually really likes that game. Um, and I works. bet we could get Mark played as well. So Playgrounds 2 gets in there. Um, three others. For the live series, this is really tough. And it's going to be none of the recent lives. No Live 19, no Live 18. Fair. Um, <laughs> Very fair. The most memories we have with NBA Live in our lives is from Live 2004. So I'm going to say Live 2004. Um, it also can be modded, as we've talked about, and people like Murat and Brat, um, S. Brad or whatever, um, those guys are in there, and they're still creating mods, um, even up until recently. Just There's just too many memories with that game. Live 04 would be in there, and I could get Mark to play it again. In fact, I uploaded a video recently of us playing it. So There you go. Live or is that, um, that, a, that a PC you've got that? Um, Live 04? Yeah. No, actually, I have that. Um, no, I have that on PlayStation 2. Ah. I was going to say, if you yeah, have the PC, have... you can check out my uh, 95, 96 mod still up there. No, I own it on PlayStation 2, and I have it on PC on the emulator because I own it. So right, that's yep, like, yep. Have, uh, yeah. And the, what I uploaded the gameplay from is actually from the emulator because it's a lot cleaner. As it's a lot easier, yeah. Yeah, on the capture card, yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. So, there's that. That's two games. Would you take a street I'd game? Say, or a jam? Because you've already got Playgrounds, obviously. I think if there's, a, if there's a, a jam that we would bring in, because, again, my brother's never played, Nick's never played on Fire Edition. Um, and it's something that I've wanted to dive into, especially with the amount you've talked about it. Um, I'd say that if you want to bring, if we want to bring in a game that's a jam game i'd say on fire edition comes in mm -hmm. so we'd like to beat that <sighs> this does get tough the great thing about on fire edition i'll just put it out there again is that it has co road trip as co-op in fact it was co-op online and offline at any time you could it could be single player or co-op online or offline is what they did Which with that amazing. what they did with that mode was fantastic absolutely fantastic yeah, exactly. So yeah, I could bring I could bring that in. Um, That'd be four. So on action, that's four. It gives us a couple arcade games, a sim game. Um, as far as NBA Live series, I said that. Um, no, actually, I, that's four now. Just yeah. four. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this is tough because there's a lot of great older titles, but they're not deep enough. There's games like. Double Dribble Playoff Edition. It just doesn't have enough. It doesn't have stat keeping. It doesn't really have a season mode. It only has a tournament mode. I couldn't bring that in and for us to get enough replayability out of it. Um, 
yeah, this is tough. See, I, I would say NBA Fast Break 98, but that is technically a precursor to 2K. So yeah, exactly. For, that, for the same reason, so, so for that same reason, I would say that for, with NBA Live would disqualify Showdown or Lakers versus Celtics, etc. Right. And I'm trying to think of games that we could even mod a little bit if we're going to be in a year in isolation. Um, games that we could mod that are not related to. Um, I mean, excuse me, the games that, that that we could mod that are not related to 2K and Live. Um, PC version of Slam and Jam can be hex edited. Do you, do you want to, you want to get into, you want to get into Michael Jordan in flight? That can be hex edited too. <laughs> no, I'd have to give more thought to this. There's just too many titles. I got to be completely honest. I, I I feel like I'm abandoning this, but I I can't. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to choose this one, and the reason is is because it has gameplay that's untapped potential, and I think we could have done a season on it and had fun. I'm going to say NBA Shootout 2003. Okay, there you go. NBA Shootout 2003 has uh, remember i told you about that game and i i said hey listen you should get this it even has some right stick dribbling that's right um that game has very strong gameplay um bill walton is actually one of the commentators Hmm. on that game and he's awesome and i like the graphics uh yeah i'm gonna go with nba shootout 2003 solid as as far as single games from because because i mentioned a couple obviously from fallout if I only had to do one from each series or one from each genre of, uh, of, of other games, I'm going to have to go with the Ultimate Edition of New Vegas because that way I've got all the DLC. Um, and I, I could go Game of the Year with Fallout 3, but t- today I'm picking New Vegas. Today I'm picking New Vegas as my favorite, so there you go. This may change tomorrow, obviously. Um, I'll stick with Zelda. I'll stick with Liberty City Stories. I'll stick with um, No Mercy. And... So that opens up a fourth slot for... Hmm. This is, uh, it's tough, because there's so many that I could slot in there and uh, and, and, uh, and really want to play. And, uh, I, and all the ones I'm thinking of are already the series <laughs> that I've accounted for. Um, Mario 3. Mario 3. Because I can always go back to that one. And not, and not as people might have expected, Bart vs. Space Mutants. I'm not playing that I'm for shocked. a year. Shocked, I well, know. I mean, I know. Yeah. So much, and you already played it so much in your life. I, I mean, yeah, yeah it's uh, <laughs> so many hours just to get past that damn first level back in the day. So. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I'd say, um, was that your list? I think that was it, right? That's my list, yeah. Yeah, I'd say for me, Final Fantasy VIII would then make it in. Um, I think the Madden 19 stays, Tennis Elbow 2013 stays. So those are two different companies. Um, Different games, different genres, all of that stuff. Final Fantasy VIII hits the single-player RPG element. The multiplayer RPG element made by a different company, I'd probably say Elder Scrolls Online. Um, So that game can go in there, so that's four. And then... um, Wow. See, See, that's just when it gets tough. Yeah, it's just, it gets the really more, well, the more restrictions point. when you, when you put it on there, it's uh, it, it definitely gets hard to do. Yeah, um, I, I'll I'll pick one really quick for the fifth one. I'll say side scroller game that we could really sink our teeth into and still beat and do try to you know still still spend a lot of um, hours into it. I'll say Unruly Heroes. It's just a really great game, really great indie game. I'd bring that in there, um, and that's something that we already have a turn on. So. 
You know what? I just realized something that I could also put in there, and uh, it's uh, is basketball classics. If I'm doing one get one game per series. Yeah, and there's a lot of content there. Yeah, too. yeah, and and uh, and Josh and Dave still updating that game. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to bump in the zone two, and I'm gonna do basketball classics. All right. Well, you can't do that. And well, you know, no, no, we won't get into that. But yeah, no, NBA in the zone two, still one of my favorites. But I understand putting basketball classics in there. Totally. We don't have to do a complete list, but what are, what are some of the games you would absolutely hate to be stuck with of any genre? Just a few. <laughs> so like so a some, few. some of the, this is like wor- you know a handful of the worst games you've played, basketball and otherwise. I'm not going to put 2K18 in there because I can mod it and make it bearable in some ways. Um, so... I, I, I will put 07 in there. I, I know I've talked about how I feel it may not be the worst, only because I feel Live 14 may be worse. But not neither, neither 14 or 07 are making uh, would be making my my choice. So that, they're definitely on the please no list for me. I mean, you got to think really bad games if these are three games you just couldn't live with, um, like or play with at all. Uh, I mean, these got to be terrible basketball games. Uh, Jam it, <laughs> kid sports basketball. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do with that, right? Yeah, exactly. Or like the NES game. What was it called? Hoops. Hoops or yeah. something. I mean, sh- yeah, sh- was- shout out to uh, to Number Theory, Doctor Funk, for uh, posting the footage the other day. That was fun. That was. Yeah. That's great. It's great, but imagine being isolated with hoops for a year. Yeah. And I, I do have to, you know, you know, if you are listening, Doctor Funk, because I know you've tuned in uh, before, and we we appreciate you and all of our regular listeners. Um, I, I just I just love, you know, the, the uh, it, it's it's a joke that'll never get old with me uh, talking about old games with current mechanics, and he's talking about oh that's a limitless range patch and everything else. I, I you know it's it's a very simple joke, but I I love it. It's it never gets old for me. Yeah, it's funny. That's that's that would be like NCAA basketball for Super Nintendo. Um, Hinty on Boston College. He definitely had limitless range. His three point rating was fifty, which is the highest you could get, and you could pull up from like half court from him with him and just smoke him. I, yeah, I mean, no bat. Was he, he was he basically Larry Bard from the Boston Celeries in the Super Dunk Shop version? I mean, possibly. Well, he's one of the original. Well, he's one of the original stretch bigs, Andrew. He's a center. Actually. There you go. Yeah, the team. Um, he's. Sam Perkins after Sam Perkins, I guess you could say. <laughs> Robert, um, Robert Paris. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think that's great. So, yeah, Hoops definitely can't can't be... Like, if they put Barkley Shut Up in Jam, I just can't even imagine playing Barkley Shut Up in Jam for a year straight. So that's, you know, you can throw that game in there. Uh, boy. There's been a lot of bad basketball those- games, yeah. Yeah, in like hoops, like yeah, I know, like like try to try to imagine yourself getting replayability out of that for a year. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's Imagine a tough Johnson's one. There's, there's, fast there's, break. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I could still get a little bit more out of that. That's not that good though. Um, yeah, there's just too many titles that couldn't make it in. Of other games, what are some of the absolute trashiest games you've played? Oh my god, I've just played some. There's just some really bad games out there. Um, one game I was playing last night though, I just want to point this out i don't know how many people remember this game and i was surprised at how much i liked it do you, do you remember cubert yeah yeah i don't think i've ever played it but i'm familiar with it yeah it's really it's good a classic, it's a, yeah. yeah yeah it's a classic um some of those games still really hold up like if a new version of cubert or even a good new version of like punch out or super punch out or whatever came out i still think people would play it uh yeah i, I mean some of the worst games i think we should do another podcast on that yeah to be so, the angry NLSC nerds. That's right. Um, well, there's a there's yeah. a Garfield game that came out on NES. There's the Wizard of Oz games for Super Nintendo. There's uh there's been there's a lot of low cards in that hand, shall we say? 
that's what I mean. There's too many titles. I will say that Garfield Kart. There's like this is funny. So there's a Steam game called Garfield Kart, and huh. I bought it. It was only five bucks, and, and it's all the feels, Garfield characters. Still feels like a ripoff. It is, it is such a Mario Kart knockoff. But if you look at the um, the comments, everybody's like, "This is the greatest game ever. This is the game I never knew I needed." All of this stuff, and it's just a bunch of people being sarcastic, and it has like these very positive reviews. But I played it because I I, I bought it. I'm playing it. And I'm like, this game's not bad. And the reason is, <laughs> is because it's well, no, it's it's such a it's such a Mario Kart knockoff that it works. Wow, there the you mechanics go. are there. You get your items lined up the same way. You drop items behind you, like you know, like that you could with a Mario the weapons, Kart with yeah, shells. Yeah. Drop them. Yeah, you drop them behind you or you throw them out in front of you. Um, you have stuff that, you know, status effects that you put on people, you know, like the shrinking thing in Mario. Well, that stuff's in the Garfield Kart game, too. And the pace is similar. You have the arrows on the track to give you boost speed. It is the biggest knockoff of Mario Kart, but it works. I'm, I might, like have, I to, I might have to check it out. You're, sell, you're selling me on it right now. You're selling me on it. I don't, I, I, I'd recommend it. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I recommend Garfield Kart. You, you ever play Scunny Kart or Wacky Wheels for PC back in the day? Because that was like the PC's answer to, to Mario Kart back in the day. No, but did, there was a game that came out for Jaguar 64-bit that was a kart game, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the biggest Mario Kart knockoff, and it just didn't work. It just was not very good. It's one of those things, like when you do those genres, like the, the Jam clones, the Mortal Kombat clones, the Doom clones, that... I mean, some of them went on to, to create their own legacy, and obviously you know, a game like Duke Nukem 3D, and that, again, bring up other games that I could possibly bring, add to that list that uh, that made themselves stand out. But just a lot of the clones, that they didn't do what the originals did uh, so well. Yeah, I mean, there's games that try to emulate games like F-Zero, right? So there's this game called Trailblazers, and there's a couple other games that are on Steam that I bought and then returned that... Um, they're, they're like they, they try to feed off of F-Zero like they're in space the the cars look even similar um, etc and, and then you put them on and you're like this just doesn't even get close like the speed is off there's something about the, the mechanics that are wonky um, they try too hard um, it's not even as visually appealing stuff like that so you see that a lot a lot of people trying to emulate you know what's been great in the past and they just fail I don't think Garfield Kart fails though. They there really you go. It, it shouldn't be playable on Mondays though. It should it should be stick uh, to the brand. <laughs> right, exactly. Can't play it on Mondays. So, <laughs> as always, we recommend that you check out Bossable Classics by our friends Josh and Dave, and we also recommend you check out uh, Garfield Kart. I'm going to have to now. I'm going to have to. It's not the, listen. Five I'm bucks. Say this. You the, know, I'll do it. Pace, yeah. The pace could be a little bit faster, like. That's one thing that I think they screwed up a little bit. I mean, he's a hefty cat, you know. Right. But when you play this game, and I hope you do, I hope you buy it for five bucks. I might even send you a, just to encourage you, I'll send you a $5 gift card. And (laughs) I want you to pick up that game, and I want you to put it on, and I want you to tell me how similar on the next podcast, how similar is this to Mario Kart? We have have a cliffhanger. We have a cliffhanger. I will will report back on the next podcast about, about Garfield Kart, but... uh, those are those are our games. Uh, let us know in the comments or in the forum or on social media wherever you're responding to us uh, about uh, what you think of our picks and what your picks would be. Uh, once again, up to five basketball games and non uh, five non basketball games uh, for a year. Uh, you can have the DLC. 
you can have modding you can have multiple consoles uh, you just can't uh, change once once you're in the bunker or once you're on the desert island yeah you're stuck with the games but that's uh, always a fun exercise derek and and again we can give ourselves all the time in the world but uh, uh, in fact if you give us more time we'd probably change some of those picks yeah, exactly. And I might I might actually make a thread on the NLSC about this just to see what people say. Because I'd like to hear from you guys what games you could bring in. So Let's do it. So that being said, uh, that is our, our main game for the week, or our main discussion topic. We hope you enjoyed it. Now we throw it over to what you'd like us to talk about with your mailbag submissions, topic suggestions, and questions. And, of course, as we always say, Derek, we love this, uh, love this part of the podcast. Yep, thank you for your submissions. Uh, we definitely got a few questions this week, and I think we're going to push one to to next week so thank you those to those who listen and participate definitely podcast at nba-live.com or any of our socials or in the forum or the comments section of the uh, of the news post wherever you can get in touch with us that's where we'll uh, we'll take our submissions with that being said our first question this week comes from hoophead productions at hoophead underscore prod on twitter asks have you played the arcade one-up nba jam machine yet uh, if so how does it hold up to the original and notes that the yeah it's a full-size arcade machine that uh, in case uh, we're not familiar with it, in case uh, our listeners aren't familiar with it either, they have come out with this uh, arcade one-up uh, NBA Jam machine. A lot of uh, a lot of people are excited about it. I've seen a couple of people that I know have actually uh, dropped money on it. It's not uh, not the cheapest uh, retro gaming experience, but it's definitely cool. That full-size uh, arcade cabinet and everything. Uh, I haven't actually played it, Derek, uh, and I'm kind of jealous of people who have. I haven't played it either, um, but I am curious. And you know, what version is it? Is it just the straight arcade version that was in the arcade? I, I, I think ver- it's uh, arcade of both the original and tournament edition. I'll, I'll double check. Right. The reason why, and the reason why I bring that up is because I was in, uh, I want to say Walmart, a local Walmart around here. And they had standalone Galaga arcade that you could buy. It was an arcade machine and you could play the arcade version of Galaga. Now the version that I was playing seemed exactly the same as the nintendo version like the nes version um but i'm wondering if that's the case is you know did they build this one-up arcade machine and make it like the super nintendo version as opposed to what people were actually getting as an arcade experience in the arcades i'm pretty sure that it is actually the uh uh, the the original the uh, the arcade version Uh, i'm just i'm just looking at some of the uh the prices here uh 1088 uh, is that Australian dollars? Oh, free delivery. There you go. If you've got a spare thousand and eighty-eight dollars, games included are NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, and NBA Hang Time. So you've got three. For, so I mean, you've got the three plus a full-size arcade. I mean, I, I can't argue that that's a pretty good collectible for that price. But it is kind of out of my price range. I will admit. And what's the price again? Uh, so for this one, uh, ArcadeOneUp.com, uh, they are asking for. Um, well, one of them I saw was for a thousand and eighty-eight dollars. I believe that's Australian. But uh, so they've got um, officially licensed four-player controls, Wi-Fi connected or online play, classic upright cabinet design, original artwork, three games in one, uh, riser with exclusive artwork, light-up marquee, seven-inch uh, color LCD screen, commercial-grade construction, real-feel arcade controls and buttons, coinless operation, volume control, and dual speakers. Um, yeah, this is definitely not your original arcade experience. Um, that's pretty cool, though, that they did all of that. And it's uh, it's NBA licensed, so that's so they. I don't think they. Re- I did hear that they had to replace a couple of players, but with that being said, they, it, Jordan? they Jordan in there? No, no, they didn't get the Jordan version from the looks of things. 
because oh, he's, he's okay. a 2K exclusive, I, I believe. But I mean, if I if I had the money and also somewhere to put it, actually, um, I would love to have one. I'd love to have an original NBA Jam arcade uh, cabinet for that matter, um, or even just a board. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's this is a really cool idea that they've done this. Uh, obviously, it's uh, I'd love to see these NBA Jam. It's a shame we're not getting these NBA Jam games also re-released. Uh, digitally through Xbox Live or, or PlayStation Network, I, I'd love to see that happen as well. It depends on, on who's got the uh, distribution rights, but uh, it's it is a really cool idea. And one thing that uh, why it would be re- very cool to own one of these for me, Derek. Uh, we were talking about it before we started recording. I don't think I, I I'm trying to think back. I don't think I've ever played NBA Jam as as big a fan of NBA Jam as I as I, uh, as I am. I don't think I've ever played it in the arcade or or wherever else, you know, like a bowling alley or anywhere else where they've got the uh, arcade machines that, I, that I've definitely played arcade games before. Uh, we have a, used to have a, a place uh, called Time Zone here in uh, in uh, Australia, uh, which was, again, just a brand of arcades. Uh, I I may have played it once, but I, I, I don't think so. I think I've only played the home ports or emulated uh, you know, arcade version, but I, I've, as far as my... As far as what I've played with NBA Jam over the years, how I've got my NBA Jam fixed, I think it's always been Super Nintendo and PC and other consoles or PC. I got to be honest with you. Um, I said I talked to you about this before the call when we were talking about the agenda for today. I think I did, and the reason why I think I did is because I remember going to there's this place near us about 25 minutes from me called the Hampton Beach. Um, it's, it's like Hampton beach arcades. It's, it's where the Hampton beach casino ballroom is where, you know, you know, bands perform and, and comedians perform and all of that stuff. And so this, this, and it's in New Hampshire and there's a Hampton beach arcade, which was loaded with arcade machines. And I remember being like nine years old, nine or 10 years old at the time. And my grandmother on my dad's side took us to the Hampton Beach Arcades, and we spent, like, all day there. And awesome. I am pretty sure I played NBA Jam, and I also want to say maybe Mortal Kombat. I can't remember because I remember playing fighting games there. That, that, that I've definitely up. played in the arcade. I've definitely played arcade Mortal Kombat yeah. on a machine. Yeah, I want to say that it was NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat. There were games, um, some of the more classic arcade games there, too, like I think like maybe even Space Invaders was there i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel like i did play it um but i i honestly can't remember the whole experience but yeah, i feel, I feel like i've uh, seen a machine but, but i don't know if i've ever actually maybe even touched the machine but i don't know if i actually put money in the machine and played it but uh yeah so, so for that alone it'd be, it'd be awesome to own either a, a, red, a redesigned cabinet like this or or an original well that would be <laughs> definitely a collector's item to uh, uh to get that but but yeah, it's uh, it is really cool to see this, and it shows there is an interest in retro gaming. I mean, it's everyone talks about nostalgia. You know, there's that big bit of a backlash against nostalgia we've talked about before, and uh, whether it's real basketball, virtual basketball, video games, TV shows, whatever. But I think there is genuine interest in these old arcade machines, and definitely if you package it in a replica arcade machine with the controls and everything, it's uh, they are selling. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to make these modern too, like modernize them and, like you said, you know, putting them online. And I don't know how many people are going to be on those. Like you said, it's an expensive machine, but you know, making it so there's online play and 
like you said, you know, not, not enhancing the graphics, but having like a better looking screen and stuff that the way you could get back then and everything. So, yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, like I said, I played Galaga recently um, in one of the Walmarts, one of the standalone arcade um, Galaga machines that they were selling. And it's a smaller machine than what you would see in a regular arcade. Like they made it smaller and more compact. But I mean, there's something about standing in front of those machines and playing them. And I really enjoyed it. I actually played it for quite a while in the store. Oh, it is whenever we go bowling, because you know, usually, again, with the bowling, you've got some old arcade machines or air hockey table or something. I've always have to have a go, you know, in between games. Yeah. I mean, they even had, uh, so the Fox Run Mall, which is near us as well, um, they're, uh, they, they had the, you know, when they were promoting the NES come back like the micro nes machines oh yes yep. the, uh, nes, NES minis NES. yeah yep yes they had it on display and you could play the games in the fox Run mall and i had to stop and play contra like Definitely, i had to yeah. i had to get i had to stand in front with the controller i don't care if it was a public place and i saw it you know i, I had to get on there and i had to play it uh there's just there's a lore to it there's something about it and then there's this weird focus you get from standing up and playing as there well is, yeah. i know that sounds strange but you have like this enhanced focus when you're standing in front of a machine as opposed to sitting down well as it, well it takes me back to uh, two arcades obviously uh to a to a game uh, to a game shop we used to have here in newcastle uh, fx games fx all games it was i uh, had great trade-ins that's how i played a lot of ended up playing a lot of nes games that i had at the time uh training it in and, and getting the uh, cheaper games swapping them and, and uh, building a collection and swapping and exchanging things to <laughs> change up the collection from time to time but they always had a, a setup of, of some kind i remember when they got the nintendo 64 when that was being launched and then they had the 64 there and that was there to play like that in the game shop uh, st- stuff like that and, and just standing there like that as you say it's, it's a different experience and to be to be gaming in public like that right and then it, obviously if it's an old favorite it just makes it that much better absolutely so, so so I guess the, 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 the short answer to is, uh, no, I haven't played uh, that uh, particular... Um, I, haven't, I haven't played the Arcade 1-Up machine, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it's, it's not really in my budget uh, right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to getting little things here and there, things that I can store a lot easier than a, a, even a, a remade arcade cabinet. But, uh, you know, if I, if I had the means and it was available to me, uh, I'd, it'd be pretty cool to have. No, I'd definitely be up for it. Um, I don't have the space for it um and right now that's not something that i want to spend my money on especially since since i'm still house shopping that money is going to go towards either any renovations or a down payment etc um once i get a house but um it is something that wouldn't be bad to have i'll tell you that well if you, if you once you get the house you know that's that's going to be the the games room the you know you've got you're gonna have your podcast studio you're gonna have the games room the uh the, the, bu- cool. the, the yeah, you know, i've yeah. already i've already carved out that i like there's no way that i'm not going to have a room like that in the house um, that I get. Definitely. So the last question this week, uh, and once again, thank you for all your questions that have been submitted when we are holding over till next week, and we'd always rather have uh, too many than not enough, so we'll just keep them coming. Uh, this is from uh, Gilbert Scrape. Shout out to you once again, sending in questions, also sending in questions for uh, Holding Court with Deeper 3, uh, which we uh, got to last week. Uh, Gilbert Scrape, which is uh, Sheepsman on, uh, on Twitter there, um, don't know if this has been asked before, but do we feel like the graphics for the current generation of NBA 2K games uh, have regressed since 2K14? Uh, very common, uh, you know, not not the only person to wonder that. Basically, Derek, uh, a few people have brought that up and uh, felt that it's re- regressed in certain ways, whether it be the lighting or or, or body models, the aesthetics in in general. But uh, what, what's your take? 
I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be, you'll kind of get an idea of how I feel about this with this statement. One of the reasons why we're in no rush to move on to next gen is because we don't find the next gen games more graphically appealing. Yeah. One of the reasons why we're able to stick with the PS4 gen, with 2K14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, um, and uh, 20 and whatnot, the, the reason why we're able to stick with those games is because when we put on NBA 2K19 for um, and play those retro season mods uh, and whatnot, when we put on that game and we play it, we don't get any less sense of satisfaction looking at the visuals than we do on next gen. Um, so that kind of answers your question. I, I don't think that the, the graphics have taken the leap that we expected. Um, if anything, I think in ways they're less appealing and less realistic um, in many ways, which I've talked about on, on prior podcasts. I think that the body models overall have not improved. We've talked about that extensively as well. Uh, I don't think that there is that big of a, a big a big of a jump. So I think that NBA 2K14 is still more graphically appealing to me, you know, than even ne- um, NBA 2K21 next gen. So that kind of answers your question, you know, from my point of view. The lighting really pops on 2K14 of a PS4. It, really does. it doesn't look it doesn't look as forced as it does on next gen. It's, Let's it's, just put it that next way. Next gen's a bit washed yeah. out as well. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean by first. It yeah. looks like they tried too hard. It looks like they kind of tried too hard. Uh, it looks like next gen NBA 2K21 is a reskin of uh, NBA 2K21 for PS4, but they really tried hard to just make it brighter, as opposed to having more detail. Does that make sense? Like yeah, they just, no, they, I, I see, it, I see like what a, you mean. Yeah, it's. It wasn't the jump that that uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 to PS4 and X1 were. Uh, I, I think that has disappointed people. I, I wasn't that surprised because we'd already gotten to, to a pretty good level. And again, we've, we've talked about some old games as we always do on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, we we come from a time when, and we've said it before, and I've said it with uh, uh, previous co-hosts as well who have grown up with those old games, NBA Live '95 and whatnot. We we come from a, a time when player faces were very if you've got any kind of detail on the faces beyond uh, a haircut that kind of looked like the uh, uh the flat top the classic 90s flat top and a couple of eyes a couple of dots for eyes um that that was a, a pretty detailed face back in the day so it's i wasn't surprised or, or too disappointed with 2k21 next gen but that being said it, it definitely wasn't that jump that uh, that i think a lot of people were hoping that it would be and uh, and certainly after the jump from the previous generation, or, or the two generations prior, 7th uh, gen to 8th gen, as opposed to 8th to ninth. now. Uh, the, the lighting, I think they've made over the years some uh, questionable artistic choices with it. Uh, I, I don't think, for example, the faces have gotten better. If you, if you look at a lot of the faces, I, I feel, in the later, more recent 2Ks compared to 2K14, there's some two, there's faces in 2K14 on PS4, X1, that they, they haven't really, they haven't made the jump. They do look better than uh, PS3, PC, 360 a version of 2K14, but fa- faces have definitely gotten better. Obviously, you know, shout out to Razor for some of the, the work he's been doing on the retro faces and whatnot the last few years since he got hired. Uh, just some, some some phenomenal faces there, quite frankly. Um, yeah, even some of the current faces look better. Like, look how absolutely terrible guys like Jamal Crawford and Jared Dudley looked yeah. back in like 2K14, 2K15, I mean, and then they look yeah. so much better today. You go back to 2K14. Uh, Westbrook, 
just doesn't look good at all. I, I wouldn't say Westbrook looks spot on today. I mean, Westbrook's one of those players that, I, that both games have never got quite right, really. Um, but 2K14, it was, it was definitely definitely inferior. So, so graphically, there have definitely been improvements. So I don't think there's been aggression in that part. But as far as the overall aesthetic, the, the lighting and everything, I think whether you want to call it regression or simply moving in a bad direction, uh, we could split hairs over uh, words there. We can split hairs over exactly what you would call it and whether, what counts as progression or not. Uh, I, I, do, I definitely don't think they've nest, they haven't uh, ha- haven't really struck that impressive this had that same impression like you know the OMG trailer as we've said before the OMG trailer made us say OMG but we haven't really had that same impact or a lot of us I don't think have had that same uh, impressions coming off recent trailers. I do want to say that I, I think that NBA Live 16 still has the best Westbrook I've ever seen. Um, Which you want to hope so because he's the cover player. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's probably the reason they spend more time and effort on him. But that's the best I've ever seen him look was in that game. Um, but then if you would go back and look at the Westbrook in Live 14, it's the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, but, uh, fair. Yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> Even worse than 2K14, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, like I said, there's I've, I've said that I like the brighter arenas and all that stuff. And I even said that I like the graphical appeal uh, overall of next-gen NBA 2K21. But that doesn't mean that I think it's a big jump or a jump at all in many areas than current than current gen, than you know 2K19, 2K14, etc. So I, I think that visually appealing, you could argue that those games have some better features actually mm. than than next gen. So yeah, it's an, it's interesting how it works. I think there's a lot of, a lot more people that we don't even hear about um, that are disappointed with the product they got for the new generation of consoles with 2K. And again, I'm not the harshest critic when it comes to graphics because growing up with those games, what we're getting today is, is so much more advanced than games I do, I do love, but we'll certainly admit that they don't look as uh, anywhere near as realistic as, as we thought at the time. That is just progress. Fox Sports as NBA Basketball 2000? You didn't think that was visually appealing? I, I do like the faces in that game, but for the comedy factor of that, uh, that particular oh. game, that's uh, that, that, that Shaq is just... Uh, nightmarish anyway uh, the, the thing about the graphics is I, I look at them and I, I admit to not being the the harshest critic when it comes to that I also think there are, are more pressing issues and we've talked about them and we'll no doubt touch on them again in, in future shows I, I think there's so many more troubling issues with the games at the moment as far as uh, yes recurrent revenue mechanics legacy issues uh design philosophy as far as not having matchmaking and things like that because it's pushing towards the uh, pay, pay to win or pay for advantage pay to enjoy mechanics whatever you want to call them I, I think those are more pressing issues than the fact that we haven't had the, the next revolution as far as graphics but at the same time having said that i also understand the importance of graphics because like a like a tasty meal in a restaurant the first bite is with the eye so making that game look appealing and stand out and pop and think wow this this looks amazing like this this is even closer to reality than ever before. There is definitely an importance to that. And we've seen it with NBA Live, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in future shows again as well, that it hasn't impressed as much, you know, it, it, people call it PS2 graphics, no. But even so, even as of uh, Live 19, Live 19 less so, but but certainly a Live 14, 15, the graphics still didn't look like enough of a, a jump from 360 PS3, from 7th from generation. And 
people were turned off. I mean, those games have their problems anyway, but people were turned off even before they got their hands on the sticks because it didn't impress. So there was definitely a need to impress. I mean, if, if Brussels sprouts were more visually appealing yeah. when I was growing up, maybe I would have liked them a little bit more. Sure. You never know. Sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that you know that I'm not a graphics snob. You're not a graphics snob. Otherwise, we wouldn't go back and play some of these older games and really enjoy them, right? Exactly. Because we'd be yeah. like, oh, this is way too, this is way too outdated. Um, but there is certain – we talked about comparing games to the times – that they were made in the tech that they were made with and being able to put perspective around that. And I think that's where some of the disappointment can come in where you say, well, this wasn't a jump. They could have done better. Hey, look at this game made on the same console. Look what they were able to do. Why couldn't you do that? Exactly. And that's yeah. where some of the questions come in. You look, look at a game like NBA ballers, in- incredible detail for the time. Really good. Really good. Also, I want to point out they need to, they need to come out with a real one-on-one game. Mm. Uh, like with on, with online play, use the the modern technology, the access that we have. Come out with a game like NBA Ballers and let people compete in tournaments and all of that stuff. I'm sorry, but there's still a market for that. There is. That I, would I mean, on. you only have to look at what's popular in uh, in playgrounds in 2K in the connected modes of my career. The two on two, the one on one, the three on three, etc. There's all, there's all kinds of spin-offs that you can make, especially street oriented. Yeah. Right. I also want to point out, you made a comment earlier that stands out to me. You said, pay for an advantage. And that speaks to a huge problem right now in online gaming and competitive gaming. It does. Uh, I, I say that because people say, well, it's not technically pay to win, because you, you still have to win the game. But it's definitely pay to enjoy, pay to gain an advantage, pay to skip... You know, we again we can split hairs over the exact wording of it, but it's it, but it's like badges and uh, it's a problem. Badges, badges at least you have to grind. You do actually have to grind those, but it's it's also easier to do when you've got the higher skills and and there's definitely an advantage. And and, and certainly with a, with a mode like my team, to if you're spending thousands of dollars to rip open packs, you are going to get the with with even with the odds. If you're spending that much money, you are going to get better cards than. The, uh, the opponent, the new opponents, if, unless they're doing the same right. thing. Right, that's the point about badges, too. It's not that... it's If you do not pay to upgrade your player early on, the grind for badges is a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the point. Yeah. It's, you know, it is. It's paying, for, it's paying for an advantage. And then what do badges do? They give you an artificial boost. Absolutely. And, there's, there's, without, without, and also without detailed matchmaking, you're compelled to do it. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. It's just, bah. Sometimes I wish I really got into Unity. I need to get back into it because I was learning it. Get back into code and at least try to build something. Maybe I could build a one-on-one game. I don't know. I don't know if I could ever have the time to do it. Um, I don't know. It's just something. I just wish there were. I wish it was more fair for for gamers. I guess. You got a camera. You could make the the next uh, uh, Slam City. Just just <laughs> yeah. film some scenarios and then just you know make a quick 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 time events. Surely. I'll have my brothers come out and we'll film them playing defense and doing all of these moves and and we'll we'll just give them really weird names like I'd still stick with the '90s themes. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna get like those are like fingers. What a '90s name! Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so I'd come up with something. We need, but, we need to script. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. script it out. Just keep all that '90s cheese. Just you know, <laughs> what some of this? You got it. 
Oh my god, that game! Anybody who hasn't checked out Slam City with Scotty Pippen, go online and look at video gameplay of it, or try to get your hands on it because I still think it's timeless. I just love it. We'll uh, we'll have to get some more uh, some some more footage when we can figure out how to beat fingers. So we'll <laughs> we can get past that first level. We'll uh, as we say, we'll do the uh, way back Wednesday. We'll do some more uh, uh, maybe a podcast or NLC overtime about that. But uh, anything else to say about the two uh, uh, K's graphics? It's uh, well, again, I don't know whether you call it regression, but certainly some uh, questionable artistic choices have been made. I mean, this is why competition is needed, too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if NBA Live or somebody else was coming out with a game that really wowed people and they were putting those visuals side by side, 2K would have to really up their game. And it's not like the tech can't do it, right? Like, the tech is capable now of doing better. We, we already know that. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's just it's really important that we get a competitor in the space, and I hope that happens soon. So what we're saying is uh, digital pictures make a comeback and make uh, Slam City with uh, Russell Westbrook, perhaps. This this is what I want. This is what I want. A new Punch-Out and a new Slam City. How about that? That's uh, that's my uh, that's what I'd like to see over the next five years. A, uh, a super, super Punch-Out and a new Slam City. And maybe it's Slam City with, I don't know, Zion Williamson. I'll play it. So those are the games that are on our mind and the games that we would uh, have in our minds to take to desert islands and whatnot. Once again, let us know what your, what your lists look like. Thank you again to, uh, to Hoophead Productions and to Gilbert's Great for this week's questions. Please keep them coming. Once again, podcast at nba-live.com or all, all of our socials, which we'll be reading out shortly. But yes, that has brought us to the end of episode number 364 of the NLC podcast. We thank you for tuning in and joining us for these uh, conversations about basketball video games. The NLC podcast comes out every Sunday on the NLSC, mb-live.com. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, etc. Search for the NLC podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. Please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to help out with our both our ego and also visibility. And, uh, of course, keep streaming it on the NLSC, of course, if you prefer, as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show. That is the main thing. And with that being said, Derek, we do want to connect with our fans, so uh, where can people connect with you? Absolutely. Uh, before I get to that, it, it probably wouldn't be called Slam City with Zion Williamson. It would be like Three City with Trey Young or something like that. <laughs> That's probably what it would be. Um, <laughs> you can't dunk at all. <laughs> yeah, the Slam Dunk is not what it used to be. Um, so, yeah, you can find me uh, holding court with D for three. We released a new episode recently about Kevin Garnett's comments about the past and present NBA um, episode 15. Hopefully we can record it tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. I'm on Twitter at D for three eighty four on the NLSC D for three and on YouTube D for three. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Andrew NLSC. As I said at the top of the show, the NLSC itself is on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. We are the NLSC. We do have our Facebook page back, and we can post links again. Thank you to Facebook and the Australian government for working out their details. That was an annoying week. Just putting that out there. Anyway, you can connect with us on those platforms. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. YouTube is NBA Live Series Center. And, of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>